lift our hearts with our hands and love them together. Oh, I praise you, living God. I praise you, holy King. Thank you for the name that's above every name. Thank you for your great power and love, mercy and grace towards your children. Oh, God, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Everybody said praise the Lord. Early this morning, somewhere six-something, I received a call and had to go to the emergency room and have prayer. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to pray and talk to God. We had prayer with, uh, been having prayer, Sister Mace in the rehab center type thing that she's in. And when she went in, the whole left side didn't work. They said she's going to be there a long, long, long time. And somebody asked the nurse or the rehab person, maybe one of the therapists, said, do you think that she'll ever recover? They said, no. said, usually not. But they said, you never know. And so... We have prayed. You have prayed. And uh, I want you to know the left side is working. I thank God. I thank God. We went, we went the day before yesterday. I guess it was, no, maybe it was Saturday. Saturday. And uh, we went in there and Sister Weekly was there, and she said, Alice, she said, so senior pastor and senior sister fell to your left arm, and she threw that arm up, just going like that. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, we got a little happy. They got a little happy. And they said that she uh, had caught, gotten a call a couple of days before that, and they said she'd walk 17 steps under her own power. We were very happy about that. So... So this morning, I get this call, and Brother Weekly's in the hospital, emergency room, and her heart was racing, blood pressure up. So we had prayer, and they said they're going to just keep them overnight for observation. So we're going to keep praying, and uh, you know, God is such a wonderful God, and we really do believe in His healing power, and uh, having been a recipient of it. From time to time, I can definitely testify to it. But I also am a, a, a greater recipient of health. At all these days of my life, never mind how old I am, <laughs> all these days of my life, that uh, God has given me life and strength and good health just about each and every day. To get sick is, for me, an oddity. And uh, I'm so glad, though, that I can call upon him that I can pray, and that he is the Lord our God, which healeth us. Amen. And you have faith in him. You believe him. As your faith is, so be it unto you. All right? Everybody said amen? All right. So as we go into the service this morning, I wanted you to have prayer with me for Brother Weekly and Sister Weekly. 54 years they've been married. And, uh, you know, we. she told him, you just hang in there. She said, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm with her. I believe in that. And, uh, you know, there I'm standing, and I've got 44 years in of marriage. And, uh, you know, this is a great place when you see God take you as a scruffy little kid who didn't know nothing and, and uh, put, your, put you on the right road, give you the right experience. And you look back. I remember saying something to my pastor one time, and he said, well, he said, I'm looking back 40 years, and he said, you're looking ahead 40 years. And, uh, well, now I am looking back 43 years in the church. And so uh, I can tell you, get on the path. God, so kind to, to do that for me and my wife and to put us on the right path and, and keep us from going the wrong way, and, which would have surely been opposite ways. And it's, I'm telling you, you want to get in the church. You want to get in the body of Christ, not 
This is the church house, and I'm glad you're here this morning out of the heat. But you want to get in the body of believers known as the church. You want to get in that. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, let us pray again. Father God, I love you, and I thank you, O holy God. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for this great message. Thank you for all that you do for us each and every day. And I pray this day that you'll touch every heart of every person. And dear God, guide them, I am asking you, Lord. Put their feet on the path of righteousness. In Jesus' great name we pray. Everybody said hallelujah. If you have a Bible, I would like to turn your attention to God's great word. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 15, this morning. Happy to see everybody. God bless you. God bless you. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120, Peter said, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and hath obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in, a, in their proper language or tongue, a seldoma, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and let his bishopric, that is office, take, let another take. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I want to ask you this morning, who will you be numbered with in that day? What group will you be with in that day? That's what you want to think about this morning. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Book of Acts, fifth book of the New Testament. So once again I say unto thee that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four accounts of the one gospel. The one gospel being the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death being repentance, burial being water baptism, we are buried with him in baptism. And resurrection being receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the good news, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John bring that to you. And then you come to the fifth book, which is the book of Acts, which is where the church is actually birthed, the church, the one and only church that Jesus built. But he built it for everybody because his spirit so loved the world. Okay? He loved everybody. And that he made it possible for everybody from every country, speaking every language and dialect, every skin color, every name, makes no difference. He did it for everybody. The spirit so loved the world. Remember, God is a spirit. Spirit so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him, and scripture and subject matter tells you to believe on him as the scripture hath said. Not any old way you want, not make it up as you go along, not write your own script like you were in Hollywood or something, but that you, you do things according. The script is already written. It's here. It's chapter and verse. It's the word of God. And you line up according to that. You become obedient to that. And as Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, people had a lot of problems. People were down and out. People were confused. Not much difference then than it is now. Only there is a greater population of people in the earth now. And that people in their problems and their difficulties 
Jesus and their sicknesses. Jesus went about doing good. And looked like the more good he did, the more that the enemy hated it and got stirred up and, and uh, got people stirred up. And those people in getting stirred up, they begin to fight against Jesus. They begin to fight against what he stood for. And remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They begin to fight against truth. Now, there are people that love to say the name of Jesus, I guess, and say a lot of things. But they, I'm afraid in their actions, they deny him. They profess with their mouth, blah, 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 that they know him. But again, in their works, they deny him. And Jesus wants to give you an experience that you will not deny him. He wants to give you an experience that will put you in the walk to back up your talk. He wants to give a change, a good change in your life. And this is what he was went about in the days of his flesh because God is a spirit, but he chose to show himself visibly or in the flesh. And the flesh did not come from heaven because no flesh, the Bible said, is in heaven. It teaches that. It is not in heaven. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the things of God. But the flesh came from Mary because the Spirit of the Lord overshadowed Mary, spoke the word, just as God's Spirit spoke the word and said, let there be light. And there was a moon and sun and stars and dry land and sea and so on and so forth, even to the point that he, he created man, formed and created man from the dust of the earth. And so the same God, the same one God that your Bible teaches about, this same one God who in the fullness of time revealed his name, sent an angel, a messenger, and said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Because he was foretelling that the flesh that you have there, I dwell in that flesh to the fullness. That's not an ordinary baby you've got in your arms, Mary. That is the Christ. He said to Peter, and to the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they said, thou art the Christ. Or they said, no, they said, everybody says you're Jeremiah or one of the old prophets or blah, blah, blah. That's what the public opinion poll is. But Jesus said, whom do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up by the Spirit of the Lord and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus confirmed that what Peter said came by revelation. And it was not of flesh and blood, but it was by the Spirit of God. He was speaking truth. And it is so different when you get the truth. Not everybody's going to like that. And they didn't like that. And they told him one day when Jesus said to them, For which good work do you stone me? And he said, We don't stone you, they said, for a good work. We stone me because you make yourself God. You say that you're his son. You make yourself God. He said, if you don't believe that I'm God, in other words, he said, then you should believe me for the very work's sake. The blind eyes are open. The dead are raised. The, the, the deaf hear. And many other good works I do among you. Believe me for the very work's sake because of the spirit that's within me. The, the actual confirmation of the scriptures that is in the midst of you. And even those that would rise up and be honest. And they said, no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with you. Man, indeed, you're talking about people that had a long history of prophets that did mighty works. Man, one prophet made the sun stand still. Do you hear me? And then made it go back 15 degrees. You're talking about doing something to the whole solar system here, church family. You're talking about stopping the rotation of the earth and causing it to spin back. And there was the proof the shadow on the sundial went back. Huh. You know, and they said, and the guy said, said, well, you know, to make it go forward, that's no big deal. I don't know. I think that's a big deal too, actually. But he said, you know, we're going to, what Bible say? What did the Lord say? Prove me now herewith. Well, put me to the test. God said, my shoulders are big enough. I said, I can handle it. And so, so, he said, well, tell him to make it go back. Went back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what? why did he want that sign? He wanted that sign because he was going to die, 
And God sent the prophet back and told me he was going to live. He added 15 years to his life. He even gave him 15 years and 15 minutes. Gave him that, made that sun go back. And, uh, and, and, uh, so you talk about miracle upon miracle. These people had the history. They're the people of the book. Genesis to Revelation. I mean, Genesis to Malachi. They were the people of the book, friend. They'd had Elijah and Elisha. They had Ezekiel and Isaiah. They counted many a great man. Moses, Abraham, father of faith. Man, they had, you talking about a pedigree. You talking about the forefathers. And they spake of the fathers. They were talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And many other great men and women. I'll leave you a little balance there. Many other great ones that the scripture foretold. And it was marvelous. And here is one that comes and says, we know, we know there's something different about you. And you've come from God. We recognize that. You know, it's a good thing to start recognizing and not denying and not running away and not shutting down your, your conscience, that faculty and part of your mind that tells you right from wrong. And don't override it with your powerful mind. Yield to it. You know when you're not doing right. You know things aren't going in the right direction. And you know that God loves you. And you, because he said it in his word. And all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's all profitable. And heaven and earth is going to pass away, but this word is going to continue. Forever settled in heaven, the book said. You know that. So line up with it. Get in line with it. I can tell you, I was 20 years old, just a young man, didn't know anything. Running after all kinds of crazy things, going to all kinds of concerts and that was the big thing back then and uh, went to Woodstock and the whole New York State Parkway was closed down so many people were going to it and the sights that I saw friend guys walking around in long robes and long hair and one guy carrying like you'd have a dog on a leash he had a he had a lamb on a leash a sheep walking around people dropping all kinds of drugs people falling off of Hundred-foot towers under the influence of drugs to their death. All kinds of sights going on. People just out of it. People laying in a field sleeping and get run over by a tractor because Woodstock was held in a farming community. A guy out there going about his daily business to farm in his field and didn't see the, the hippie guy laying in the grown-up grass. Ran right over and killed him. All kinds of things that took place. Oh, yeah. But they went away, spinning it, told how great it was. Now, they didn't tell you, they didn't show you the underside of the belly. Let's put it that way. They didn't, they didn't show you. And that's this world. This world wants through all the media. They want to make you believe that everything's just fine. But I'm telling you, everything isn't fine. It's fine for the church, for people that are in the body of Christ. Fine. There are people that are hanging on to things. Things that they did in their lives. Now they're old. And they're, it's so, it reminds you of Ezekiel. When Ezekiel stepped out into the water. Well, the waters were shallow. The waters only went to his ankle. You can't do very much in ankle deep water. You know, you can't swim in it. If you can't swim. You couldn't swim in ankle deep water. And uh, so Ezekiel, you know, you, you don't want to stay shallow in the things of God. God's bidding you to come unto me, he said, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You're burdened down. You know you got difficulties. You know that you're concerned about a lot of things. He said, you come unto me. Just like that little woman who was burdened down to where her head was, down where her feet were. That horrible curvature of her spine. And Jesus looked at her and called her to him. You come unto me. You get it straight. You come to me. Jesus could have walked over there like that. He didn't have to walk over there. Like one man said, <laughs> he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, Jesus. 
He said, just speak the word. He said, I know how this works. He said, I got people under me. I tell them to go do it, and they go do it. He said, and I got people over me. They tell me to go do it, and I go do it. He said, I know how it works. Jesus turned him around and said, man, now that's faith. Great faith. And Jesus took care of his situation. Oh, yes, he did. He spoke the word. He took care of it. Here's Ezekiel now, I'm telling you. He's going out in the water and he's shallow, just to the ankles. You can, you can live a top minter. You can always be shallow. You can, you know, maybe brush shoulders with this a little bit and then run away, tuck tail and turn around and run and live denying all your life. Now, or you go join some religion. We put a lot of people in different churches in town. We get them all stir up about truth. God touches them and deals with them. And they run someplace and, the, and those people make them a deacon. Or a deaconess. You know, offer them a position. Make them feel so important. Never do anything about their sin. Never give them the knowledge of an experience. Never give to them the keys because they don't have them. You know, this morning I pulled up and we had I don't know, three or four people at the front door. I'd already been here and went to the radio, came back, and there's folks with Sister Irma travels all the way from Boynton Beach to be here with her granddaughter. And they're standing at the door. And so Brian came walking up, and I called him over, and I handed him the key. I said, go open the door. Keys of the kingdom, let the folks in. Well, how much more so giving people the knowledge of how to get in the body of Christ. Jesus told Peter, you spoke by revelation. You were given light. You were given truth. I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be the gates of hell are going to fight against that, going to fight against his truth. He said, but I'm going to build it on the rock. And somebody said, well, he built it upon Peter. No, he did not. Thank God he didn't build it on a man. Or a woman. No, sir. He built it upon himself. And who is a rock like unto our God? There's only one God. He's a spirit, but he chose to come in the flesh. And he made a body, and he inhabited that body. Amen. Inhabited that body. Why, your Bible said, in him, well, the fullness. Of the very God bodily. Okay? You weren't just dealing. They, they said it. You're, we know that you've come from God. You're not just an ordinary man. You're not, you're not Jeremiah or one of the old prophets risen up. No, 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 you're not. We know. We, we, we're not going to deny what we see in here. And this guy was had a good position in the community. He wasn't a fly-by-night fella. No, sir. Jesus said, you must be born again. That's how he answered him. You must be born again. He didn't say, hey, how you doing, man? What you doing tonight? Come on, man. He said, no, no, Jesus. You must be born again. That man rocked back with that one. And he said, how's that work? Do I, do I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, you must be born of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You're not going to be able to see it, and you're not going to be able to enter it, except you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And except you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that I'm making possible. I'm going to make this possible for everybody. And he said, remember, that which is born of the flesh, that's flesh, that's natural, that's of this world. He said, but that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. That's spiritual. That's of God. God is the Spirit. This guy's scratching his head, and he's a really smart guy in the community. 
And Jesus said, man, I'm, I'm talking to you about the ABCs here. I'm sure that right about that time you heard it. A, now I know my ABCs. Jesus, I'm talking to you about ABC. I'm talking to you about something simple. He said, what are you going to do if I step it up and some steel or hangs? You'll be scratching your head with both hands. you got to get born again or you're not going to understand this. It takes a spiritual experience because we serve a spiritual God. And we're talking about a spiritual world because this world's going to pass away. The heavens are going to roll together as a scroll. Did you ever, did you ever have a, a shade that you pull down, you know, to cover the window? And then you have that experience one of these days where you pull it and it goes up. Well, God's going to let the heavens roll together. He's going to let them roll together. You better know that. And the, that sun that he put up there, 93 million miles away, just exactly where it needs to be, because it was any closer, it would burn everything up. And if it was any further away from us, it would, we would freeze. So God is a very exact God, and aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? So when he said, you have to be born again off water and of the Spirit, he was being very exact. And everything as you follow through the Old Testament, you find that God was very exact. And you know why? Because all of that was a preview of what would come in the time in which we live, the New Testament time. And everything was a shadow and a type or a preview, showing you in preview how to be born again. Of water and spirit. Many, many lessons. So don't hang out in the shallow water. It's a good start. It's a good start. Now I have I have had occasion to have access to private pool and go swimming. And you know, some people they get in the pool and they Oh, it's cold. Not me. See, I don't believe in self-torture. See, now that's torture. I just jump in. <laughs> I get over one shot. And I find if you get in the water and get under the water and swim a little bit and get your blood going, you warm up. And the water's not cold anymore. But you do that, little, you know, and you're shivering and you're shaking. Oh, no, that's, that's so not me. No, sir. Well, Ezekiel was doing that. Ezekiel was just barely going in there. Shallow water. And then he, he went a little deeper. And that just makes it worse to me. You know, so now, now the water's up, coming up to his waist. And, you know. But he wasn't satisfied with that either. And I'm going to tell you what. You need the truth. You need the whole truth. You don't want to just brush this. You know, it's like the man that was blind and Jesus came upon him and the Bible said that he prayed for him and he asked the man how do you see now and the man said I see men they look like trees walking it wasn't clear it was indistinct and uh, for all of us that wear cheaters that's how the words are right a little blurry until you put your cheaters on. Law, that's legal lawful cheating right there. So, Jesus looked at the guy and, and he said he made him look up and he prayed for him again. Now, do you want partial healing or do you want complete healing? You know, God, I've got cancer and I've um, they say I'm going to die. Do you want to be healed partially? Heal my liver, but don't bother with my pancreas? You know? Heal the right side of my brain, don't heal the left side of my brain? Or do you want to be, what the Bible said, made completely whole? 
100%. Now, I think anybody here would be honest and you'd want 100% him. Oh, my back! God heals you. Oh, this side feels great, but oh, I'm not too sure about this one. I think I want both sides healed. I want, I want both sides healed. Yeah. I, I want to be healed. I want that complete thing. Well, you better get the complete salvation. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. It ain't going to work that way. This is, this is where the Bible said that the apostles brought the whole counsel of God. W-H-O-L-E. The whole, the 100%, the entire salvation plan, they brought it to everybody everywhere. They didn't bring it partially. They didn't bring a little bit. They didn't give you a vision where you see things blurry like, they said, look up and you can have 100% here. Come on. Come on, Ezekiel. Let's get out of the water where you, where you can, waters to be swum in. You can swim. You want to be swimming in truth. You want to be swimming in reality. You want to be swimming in salvation. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. You just be seated. Think about that, that guy that the Bible said. He fared sumptuously every day. He had all the up-to-date clothes and the look. And uh, he was a I told one of the young ladies the other day, I said, you're a fashionista. Which I was complimenting because she did look very nice. We like for our young ladies to look godly and modest. Very nice. The Bible said in God's eyes that's a great price. And so, anyway, this guy, he was strutting it all around. And uh, he came by the, walked by one of the members of the church. He decided to go on the other side. Going to go the other way. He saw him. But he went the other way. And he did that continually. And the church kept reaching out. Trying to get him. Trying to tell him you need to come. You need to get this great salvation. We're going to teach you the truth. You got to start thinking about heavenly things. You got to get your mind off of everything down here. He said, well, ha, I may come, but I, I got I to go see my tailor. Get a new suit today, and I got to go see the the cobblesmith because I'm getting a new pair of shoes today, and then uh, you know all that stuff. And he just fared sumptuously every day, just stayed busy about life here, just kept ignoring that guy day after day after day after day, kept measuring himself up against it. Hey, you got your church, I got mine. I got a place to go. When I go there, man, they you know they give me the best seat in the house, and. Uh, they made me a deacon. I only got to pay $80 a month to retain my deaconship. Well, that's the truth. And I like being a deacon in the church because I get my pick of women. Oh, yeah. You know people have come here and told me these things. They have told me that. I had one woman said you couldn't count the number of cigarettes the preacher smoked. I'm talking about not brushing with salvation. I'm talking about getting saved where you don't want cigarettes anymore. Where, where you don't want adultery and fornication anymore. Where your life is changed and cleaned up. That you don't want to be in a lifestyle that's opposite what the Word of God teaches. I'm talking about getting saved. You know, that we had the woman, true account, had the woman that... Uh, she always telling the preacher in the church family, pray for my husband, pray for my husband. I want him to come into church. I want him to be saved. Pray for my husband. Pray for my husband. And so, church prayed. Preacher prayed. Lo and behold, he came to church. When he came to church, he, he got stirred up. He got baptized in Jesus' name. And God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was so excited. He ran home after church. And his wife, for some reason, didn't go to church that night. She was home. He came in. He goes, I got saved. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm so excited. He ripped the television out of the wall, took it, and threw it in the canal. He got rid of all the dope and all the 
drugs and all the alcohol. Clean everything out. She went out of the church house and got the preacher. She said, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean what I'm doing? I said, I, I, did, I did what, and God did what you wanted. You said you wanted him saved. She said, but I didn't want him that saved. <laughs> oh, you didn't want him that saved. There are people that think a little bit of smoking is okay. A little bit of smoking is okay. There are people that, that think a little bit of sin is okay. A little bit of sin is okay. But you know, Old Testament shadow and type preview, when God told them that they had to bring their offering, they had to bring the first fruit of the flock, they couldn't just, you know how people are, well, I'll give a little, I'll pick the old scrawny flea-bitten one and I'll bring him over. And let him be sacrificed. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to give a little bit. You know, Jesus watches how you give. Remind me to come back to that. You know, um, he was watching them. They had a place where they came to give to the Lord's house. And and uh, they were people came by and they were pulling out Texas bankrolls, man. You know what a Texas bankroll is, right? A Texas bankroll is a $20 bill with about $101 bills wrapped all around it. <laughs> well, you know, everything in Texas is bigger, right? So they had to make it look bigger. But uh, they, they're, they're pulling out the money. And they're throwing a little bit in, you know, stuffing that big thing back in their pocket. Jesus watching them. He's looking at them, giving them. <laughs> and uh, here comes a little woman. Maybe it was that same little old woman who had the bad back. And... I'm walking up there, and she emptied it out, friends. She gave her a big offering. She gave a quarter of a penny, but it was all she had. And Jesus took note. Jesus made reference to it. He said, I tell you, she gave more than them all because she gave even all of her living." And you better start thinking about you're going to give him a piece of your heart or you're going to give him all your heart. You're going to live for him a little bit or you're going to live for him 100%. Think about that. So they brought the, they brought the lamb by. And what do you think the high priest and then he had all the Levites or priesthoods or you got a, the overall preacher and all the other preachers. Putting in New Testament terms. And they, they had their jobs and their assignments. And some of their assignment was they had to take that sacrifice, that lamb that you brought by, and they had to check it out. Oh, yeah, they was checking. You know, like your mama did. You got any dirt behind them ears, boy? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I had one, one young lady, she's downstairs teaching Sunday school. She said, one thing about my mama. She said, man, she made sure my hair was done right. She made sure we was clean. She made sure our clothes were good and right. She didn't mess around about that stuff. Well, I'm saying, the high priest and the Levites under him, that was their job. You didn't bring a bruised offering to God. You didn't bring a dirty offering to God or an unclean offering, or a sick and diseased offering. You didn't bring that to God. That was not accepted. That had to go through the inspection team. Sister Ann's husband, Pete, had passed away a few years ago. That was what he did. He was, oh, Sister Brenda's father, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Uh, that was his job. He was a big shot. You'd never known he was a big shot. But he knew more about animals and inspections, and he knew how to go down in the back of the back of the back of the back known as the Everglades. And, you know, you got people living down there with wild hogs. Pete knew how to go down there. Nobody else knew how to do what he knew how to do. He was an expert. And he knew how to do things and have things inspected and help people to get things done correctly to keep them out of trouble. Well, that's what the high priest and the Levites keep you out of trouble, keep you in right standing with God. So you don't want to be standing back there in the shallow water. 
You don't want to be hokey poking with God. Put your right foot in, put your right foot out, you know. Yeah. Uh-uh. There ain't no in and out here. Jesus said, you go through the door, and he said, I'm the door. He said, when you come in, the only thing you're going to go in and out of is pasture to pasture. Not pastor to pastor, but pasture. You know, get that straight. Because yeah. there's plenty of porters out there. You read about them. Oh, they're going to open the door. They're like them salesmen. Come over here. Come over here. I'm a kid deacon. Come over here. No thought about truth. No thought about a person really getting changed for the good and obeying God's word. They just cherry pick the scriptures. They pick their little favorite scriptures that they know everybody just loves. Everybody oohs and ahs and gets excited over. But they're just general scriptures. There are general scriptures in the Bible. you know, Especially if you leave them by themselves. Now if you, it's kind of like a, a puzzle. I don't know if you've ever done a puzzle. You know, it comes in a box and there's like, I don't know, a thousand pieces in there. I never do those things. I, I guess I just don't have the patience for it. I don't know. I, it doesn't interest me. But some people just love to get those things. Now, I like those kind that are about that big and you get, you know, five pieces. I do that. But, you know, you get into that thousand piece stuff, you know, and you got to sit there for three weeks. That's not my deal. Well, anyway, you know, there, each of those pieces is a good piece. They're good. Oh, I like this one. God so loved the world. I love that one. You get this one over here, you know, you pick one from over there. And he'll never leave you to forsake me. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Then there's the one uh, God works his wonders in mysterious ways. Only problem is, I hunted through all those pieces. I couldn't find that one. Godliness is next to cleanliness. I'm hunting. I can't find that piece. It's not in the box. You know? Take Jesus and accept him as your personal Savior. I'm hunting. I can't find it. It's not in the box. It's not there. Not there. You want what's, if we could take our God-given faith, and God has given to everybody a measure of faith, and put it in God's Word. Let's believe what is in the book or in the box. Don't waste your faith. Don't misspend or misinvest your faith in something that's not true, that's not right. That's not going to bring to you the Bible salvation that belongeth to God. God's trying to give you something. Don't, don't close your eyes to it. You know, don't stop your ears. Didn't they come? And Stephen, one of the seven, one of, one of the pastors and apostles' helpers, came telling the people, Giving them a history lesson. Evidently, he was quite a historian. You read it in your Bible. Book of Acts. And he's telling them. He's reading them their history. Well, you know what the problem is with having your, people having their history read? Most of the time, the history don't read too well. And these folks were hearing how stubborn they'd been and their forefathers had been. These folks were hearing how rebellious disobedient, the mistakes they had made. It's like the rabbi said of, of his own people. He said, when we're good, he said, we're very, very good. He said, but when we're bad, he said, we're very, very bad. <laughs> well, that's your Old Testament is filled with that history, right? Well, that's what Stephen in the New Testament was telling the people. And they got mad about it. They didn't want to hear that truth. They shut their ears. And the Bible said they ran upon him and they gnashed on him. They must have not had breakfast that day. They gnashed upon him with their teeth. And they stuck up stones and they stoned him. That's in your Bible. That's in your Bible. Let God change what group you're going to be found in and let God change your future, in other words. Let him change your, what will become your history. Because you're making history every second. Every second you're making history. You're passing through. Time marches on and waits for nobody. You're making history. Making history. Ezekiel started putting one foot in front of another. 
pretty soon the waters, he was out there where he could swim. Friend, there was salvation. There was, it was, there was so much that he, he couldn't comprehend it all. And that's when you get into the truth of God's Word. That's when you get this experience and your heart, not here, thump, 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 up here, thump, 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 seat of your thoughts, your intellect, and your emotions. And you let God deal with you. And you don't run from it. You don't hide from it. I'm going to find me some other place where I'm more comfortable. Yeah, they're not going to convict you of your sin. And you're going to be the same old you. And you're going to step in the same poo every time. And you're going to go in the same wrong direction every time. And you're going to have the same problem every time. And God's trying to tell you, I want to put you on that straight now. Come on to me. I want to set your feet in my steps. It's not in you to direct your own life successfully. Believe it or not, God is saying, you need me. You need me. He's trying to deal with you. He's trying to tell you. And you know what? He made it possible for him to be in you by giving you the free gift of his Holy Spirit. The gift of eternal life. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay? I want to define insanity for you. You ready? Insanity is defined as thinking that everything's going to be different even if I don't change the pattern. That's insanity. Keep doing it the same old way and I'm going to get a different result. That's insanity. Okay. If you're going to get a different result, you're going to have to change the pattern. Very simple example. Nail the nail. Hit the wrong nail. Ah! Ah! So God heals your thumb. Bam! You do that about three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know how many divorces. I don't know. know, Whatever. You do it, you know, a bunch of times. Or relationships, maybe, because nobody gets married anymore, right? Whatever. This guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, this guy. Or this woman, that woman, this woman, that woman. You know. And all the consequences that come out of those things. Just as an example. Okay. So hit the thumb, scream, pray, healing. Hit the thumb, thumb, scream, pray, healing. Hit the thumb. You know, we do the same thing. And then God spoke. And God is so kind to speak. You know, you go to church, you come here. Nobody knows you. You think that the preacher knows you. You think that the preacher's been reading your mail. Okay? It's like I told one sister coming in now. I said, um, you need to tell them they're getting mad at you. I said, you need to tell them. You're just the mailman, mail woman. You're just bringing the mail. You know? That's all the preacher is. He just carries God's message. And, uh, and so you come to church and and you've hit the thumb so many times, and God's healed it so many times. And you come to church, and finally, you hear the message. It says, move your thumb. Oh, move my thumb. Ah, that felt better. Change the pattern. Get a different result. Change the pattern. Get a different result. That's the definition of sanity. Okay? I'm telling you, you can persist down that same old path, make the same old mistakes, and you're getting older, life is going by, and you're still standing in puddle-deep water, or puddle-shallow water, shall I say. And you're getting so bitter that if you fall in that water, you're going to dry it up. Okay? So you've got to tell yourself that I'm going I'm I'm to step out here. I'm going to launch out. Isn't that what Jesus said in the Bible? He had them there, and he told them to get the boat, and they got in the boat, and he said, launch out into the deep. Let's get away from the earth. Let's get away from some people. Get out here where we can see things and deliver what needs to be delivered and experience what needs to be experienced. And you know what happened. Eventually, Jesus directed them to a place to where they dropped their nets and took up a great catch of fish or a Shall I say it? A catch of great fish. Because that's how the scriptures say. 
153 great ones. Man, you talking about excited and happy. Hey, Master, we've toiled and toiled and toiled, and we ain't got nowhere. He said, well, that's because you don't follow instructions. You want to try my way? Move the thumb. Okay. Okay. I'm a little tired. I'm a little wore out. I'm a little weary. <laughs> he said, just try it my way. You need me? Try it my way. Okay. Told him exactly where to cast the net. Follow the instructions. Came back with a beautiful, beautiful catch. And I'm trying to tell you that if you will step out and let the word of let God's Spirit draw you into the depths. One place in Job's writing talked about that walking in search of the depths. You know what you need? You need you need to be in search of new depths. You need to get a little deeper in this thing. A little deeper. Quit being a, a top minner. You know the real fish, they don't hang around the top. They're down there, friend. You need to, you need to quit being a surface top minner. Bible talked about the buzzards of the air. Come and get that. Bible talked about the, the sun scorching that away. You know, you got to get some depth here. You got to get down to where the waters are rising and you can swim. You got to get where you change the pattern and you start listening to what God is truly saying. Because you know, you know what it's going to cost you. That's the difference. It's going to cost you. Like a young man told me many years ago, he said he read the New Testament. He was a Jewish man, young man. He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, I found out reading the New Testament. I said, what's that? He said, there ain't no free lunch. <laughs> so I guess he meant when Jesus fed them, it was because they came and they sat down and they listened. You know. So we need to listen. We need to let God talk to us. We need to. You need to get yourself, and what the Bible say, it's like looking, the Word of God is like looking in a mirror, a looking glass, a mirror. Only problem is people look and they go, whoa, and they get away from that. I want to see that. I want to see that. You know, I do that every morning when I get up, whoa, boy, you better get in the shower, do something. Run the razor over that. Okay, so people look in the, in the Word of God, the mirror, and they don't like what they see. And that's how those people were to Stephen. And that's why they stoned him. Because they didn't like what they were seeing about themselves. But the beauty of it is, is that God says, what you don't like, I can take care of. You're looking at cancer. You're looking at malignant cancer. And it's eating you up. It's destroying your life. And that's what happened with that guy. I'm going to conclude now. That's what happened with that guy. He go by. Those that are helping out. He'd go by and he'd he'd look and he'd see that guy from the church. And he didn't like what he saw. What happened was he got convicted. What he was seeing was, I'm not doing right. I'm not, I'm not really doing like I should do. And he'd run away from it. And then he'd make fun of it. And then he'd talk bad about it. Put it down. But you know that, that guy, time goes on. That guy, one day, he wasn't there. You know, one day the church isn't going to be here. You hear me now? And that day is fast approaching what prophecy is showing us in the Word of God. And it's not going to be there. The Bible said, in this case, this guy, he died. And the Bible said that the angels came and carried him away. And you know the guy that checking out the tailor and the new suit and everything else? He died, the Bible said. And at first, that's the only thing it said. He died. Didn't read about the angels coming to him. He, he died. But then it said, then it said, you know, you just don't want to stop right there. Then it said, he lifted up his eyes in hell being in torment. And then he, he was given a vision. I could preach on five things in hell we need. <laughs> One of them was that guy got a vision. And he got a vision of that guy and the angels having taken him. And he was in the arms of God. 
They called it Father Abraham because they knew this guy in hell would identify with that. And when God gives a dream or a vision, he's trying to give you something that you can understand. And so he showed it to him that way. And he sees the guy. And he says, could you send him down here? Because I'm in torment. Just let him dip his finger. Dip his finger in water and come touch the end of my parched tongue. The voice came back in the vision and said, nope. Said, you see, there's a great big gulf between us. And so that where you're at, you can't pass to where we're at. And where we're at, ain't nobody wanting to go from there to where you're at. (laughs) If they could, but they couldn't. Can't do that. Oh. He said, well, there's another thing in hell we need. He suddenly began to pray. How about another thing in hell we need? He began to get a burden. He said, I've got family. Go back and tell my family not to come here. Tell them not to come here. All that stuff I said, I was wrong. All that fighting I did, I was wrong. And the voice in the vision came back. Said, no. No, we're not sending anybody. They have Moses. They have the prophets. They have the church. They have the preacher. They have the word of God. The waters are out in front of them. No, we're not sending anybody back. They've got more than, if they won't believe what all I as God have provided, then they wouldn't believe though one rose from the dead. They wouldn't believe. Very important that you remember. I'm so glad that, and I'll tell you, it's a miserable feeling, and I've had other people tell me, these cheaters, you know when you need them and they're not there? That's why you can go to J.C. Penney's or one of those places and buy them for $5. You know, they don't work as good, but anyway. Um, and you want them, you know, every room in the house. Because about the time you sit down, you go, where did I leave those things? And then you got to get up and go hunt them. Right? And uh, you know what I'm talking about if you've got them. And I, I won't tell you how many years, but I went a good number of years without having to have them. And, uh, and, and got them after they told me my vision was 2020. Figure that one out. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> so I'm simply saying that, uh, you know, you don't want to be searching when, you, when it's too late. And it's not there. It's all here now. Jesus has made the way. He's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. He said, your burden is heavy. You're under the load. Yeah. It's like one woman, young woman said to me, she said, every time I get a leg up, something knocks me down. That's right. Well, that's like the guy in the Bible where Jesus said, will you be healed? When the waters get stirred and God provided healing for that, in that dispensation, he, he said, well, I would. Oh, I would. He said, but every time I start to go. Something cuts in my path. Somebody comes along. Every time I start to go to church, somebody, hey, come on, man, let's go. Every time I start going there, come on, man, let's go. And I never do, I never do get there. I got men in this town have been telling me for over 40 years, right at 40 years, I'm coming, preacher. I'm coming. If I ever go, I'm going to your church. Now, if I had a telescope, I still couldn't see them. Because they, they can't seem to escape. They can't seem to disentangle themselves from the things that they're wrapped up in. They can't seem to get out of the shallow water. They're just stuck in the mud of the shallow water. Let God deal with your heart this morning. And I know he is. It would be good if you, if you didn't 
pause, push the pause button, and start thinking. Sometimes it's very dangerous to think, right? Isn't that what one guy said? He could have got everything taken care of, and he said, but I thought. <laughs> oh, brother. He messed it all up when he did that. Because he started thinking about how he thought it should have gone. I thought a bolt of lightning would have come, or God would have done some great big thing, and here comes some little old guy, little corporal, looking at the general. Sir, he said, if the preacher had asked you to do a great big thing, he said, you'd have done it. He said, he's asking you to do something really very simple. He said, and you should do it so you can get rid of all that leprosy that's eating your nose off, going up into your eye, taking your ear off, all that sin that's destroying your life. Thankfully, he listened. Preacher said, dip seven times, get baptized, in other words. And he said, well, I'm going to do that for. I got better water back my way. I got better this. I got, I got a better idea. I thought. You don't have a better idea. God's word is right. Who are you going to be numbered with? Who are you going to be numbered with? Come on, let's stand together. I want you to get with the group that's got God. I want you to get numbered with that number. I want you to get with that group that got baptized in Jesus' name and got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and got saved to the point that they got into the waters that made a change in their lives for the good. That they didn't need alcohol anymore. They didn't need the club anymore. What's that phrase they use? Cougar? Yeah. I, I, I'm a cougar. I'm going down to the club. <laughs> I'm going to go show my cellulite. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's get real. God is for real. For real. And he's trying to deal with your heart. He's trying to, to give you a life that all the city will know that thou art a virtuous woman now. That God has changed some things here. And that, and that they're going to see you day in and day out. That you're not juking around and hanging around and going them places and doing those things. That there's been a not just a change in you, but a good change in you. Amen. Come on. Let's lift our hearts and worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Come on now. Boy! Oh,